0: G'day, g'day, g'day. Darren Mitchell here, host of the Exceptional Sales Letter podcast. Welcome back to yet another episode, today being Thursday, the 15th of April 2021, middle of the month, middle of the fourth month of the year. Jeez, time is absolutely flying. And if you're a brand new listener to the show, welcome to the podcast. Hopefully there's enough in this particular episode to suggest to you, hey, this is worth listening to. I'll come back and listen to some more. And of course, if you are a returning listener, if you are a avid listener of the podcast, uh, I want to send a special thank you to you and uh, I love the feedback that I'm getting from the listeners of the podcast and certainly hoping that uh, I continue to add value in your pursuit of excellence and your pursuit of being an exceptional sales leader. So on today's episode, I want to talk about uh, conflict. conflict, challenging uh, situations, challenging people, uh, objections, all the problems that exist. certainly in sales, but it doesn't necessarily just mean in sales because I've just come off a little mini masterclass that I ran for an organization and it was a mini masterclass on conflict. And one of the models I shared with them was a model I want to share on this particular episode today that is a great yet simple model to utilize when it comes to dealing with objections, dealing with challenges, dealing with problems. And it's a simple four-step process that when used well, can certainly increase our opportunities to cut through some of the challenges that we have with uh, customers, potential customers, not necessarily following the script according to what we would like them to follow. Uh, And certainly when it comes to dealing with problems and conflict, in this particular company's case, a great model to be able to do that really, really well. So if there's one thing that was in common across multiple different industries, multiple different teams, and multiple different companies, It would be the fact that not all customers necessarily see eye to eye with you, and for many of us, we need to go through a process to deal with challenges, deal with conflict, deal with problems, and certainly in sales, deal with objections. Now, when I'm talking to sales teams in particular, one of the things I'm really, really conscious of and focusing on with a a huge amount of um, emphasis is the fact that when it comes to objections, Contrary to what people will tell you and contrary to what a lot of sales trainers out there will actually have you believe, you don't actually have to overcome objections. So this concept of overcoming objections is a bit of a fallacy because it presupposes that you've got to overcome something. You've got to almost convince somebody to take something that they don't want, whether it be a product or a service, and that's not the case. So the whole whole energy around dealing with objections, dealing with conflict, dealing with challenges, dealing with problems, there's nothing that needs to be overcome. All that needs to be done is we need to handle it in the most professional, the most practical, the most common sense-based way that we possibly can because often a an objection or a challenge is literally, a oh, I believe, a, a signal that there's a level of interest there, but we haven't yet quite convinced or influenced or persuaded the individual or the party to make a decision that is um, based on a common set of principles or a decision that they feel comfortable making Based on having got all the information that they need, so literally it is a call for, hey, give me some more information, and it's not something that they don't not want to do, if that makes sense. So uh, many many times, because one of the, certainly in sales, one of the one of the key indicators of whether people are going to do business with you is how willing are they to continue to engage in some sort of some form of dialogue, some form of conversation, whether that be face to face, over the phone, via email, via text message, via social media platforms. If there's no appetite to deal with you and and want to have a conversation with you, then guess what Obviously there's not going to be any sale to be made, but there's no objections there because they're just silent they're just they're in a void, and so when there's a when there's an objection, when there's a challenge when there's a conflict, there's an indication there at its core that there is an interest to want to move forward now, if we have that understanding and if that is our approach, then guess what we're in a much better position to be able to handle that objection, handle that challenge, handle that conflict to then get to a resolution, which hopefully is going to be win-win, where the customer, potential customer gets the outcome they're looking for and they get to purchase a product or a service and start experiencing what it it is that we can provide them. And from our point of view, we get a a great customer on board that we can start providing that service and really adding value to them as they move along the progression or the progressive line that they want to move along in terms of whether it's a product or service. Uh, solving problems, expanding their revenue, whatever the case might be. So one of the, one of the key things I spoke to the team about today in this mini masterclass was just that, the fact that, hey, if people are complaining, there's a level of interest there, that is a good thing. That's actually a good thing. So don't shy away from it. Use it as a positive thing. Use it as an impetus to actually get a solution and to bring the parties' relationships even closer together. Now, one of the things we also talked about today was that often when people are getting uh, chastised, or whether they're pe- when people are complaining, when people are throwing objections, throwing barbs, uh, throwing up conflict, then it can get quite emotional. And when this happens, often the people on the receiving end can actually get quite defensive, and dare I say it, in some cases quite aggressive. And one of the key things to remember is often when people are actually making complaints, when people are throwing up objections, when people are trying to put in place some uh, obstacles to get in our way of actually getting a resolution to things, it's often not personal. So don't make it personal. You just happen to be, particularly if you're on the receiving end of a barrage of abuse, which often people are, then it's very easy to get consumed by that and think, oh my God, this is a personal affront to me, and therefore your emotions start to increase. And when that happens, when emotions start to increase, the level of rationality and practicality sometimes takes a back seat, and it's harder to be rational when it comes to dealing with those situations. So the key lesson there is don't take it personal. It just so happens that you happen to be that person at that moment to take that phone call, to be in that position where that person is giving you a barrage. But don't take it personally because in more cases than not, it is not personal to you. They have their own issues to deal with and you just have to happen to be there for them to let go of those. So this is important because it means that we can have control over things like our attitude and certainly our mindset. And that is a key thing that I taught the team today, that no matter what's being thrown at you, what you can control is your own attitude, your own mindset, and therefore gives you much better control over your actions as to what you take in response to the barrage that you're getting, and therefore the obstacles and objections you're getting. And so one of the key things around this is to make sure that whenever we're having a conversation with anybody, whether it be in a conflict resolution situation, whether it's in uh, trying to handle and deal with objections, problems, and all that sort of stuff, rapport is absolutely fundamental to our ability to get anything done. So it presupposes there's nothing that can be solved if we don't have a connection with the person or the organization and the people representing that organization. If there's no rapport, there's no opportunity to get a resolution. It's as simple as that because people want to do business with people who they know, who they like, and ultimately who they trust. And the likability part comes from really building strong levels of rapport. And as I said to these guys today, you can build rapport really quickly with a complete stranger if you know how to do it. And I'm not necessarily going to teach and cover off rapport today per se because I wanted to share a simple four-step process around dealing with conflict, how to handle conflict and also how to handle objections from a selling perspective. But it presupposes that rapport has to be there. So I'll record some podcasts in a future episode around the finer points of rapport. So when it comes to dealing with conflict, holding, uh, handling problems, uh, handling, dealing with objections, it's really important that we use a framework that is simple to use, simple to understand, uh, but really not co- and not complicated. So we want to keep it as simple as possible. And this four-step framework is really, really powerful. And it's an acronym known as APAC. Now, it's not Asia Pacific. It stands for Acknowledge, Probe, Answer, and Confirm. Now, the way this is used is really, really practical. Now, as I was sharing with the team today, the first step in APAC is to A, acknowledge. Now, this is this is really interesting because often when people, and I, I ask this question a lot, particularly of sales teams, that when they get an objection thrown at them, what do they do? And without without hesitation, most of them find themselves going into justification mode, sometimes they go into defensive mode, but often, depending on their personality style, they'll often go into aggressive, (laughs) offensive mode and to justify why their pricing is this and why their product is best, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, before we actually go into that, because that's step three when we we talk, when we get to it, what if they actually did something different and simply acknowledged the fact that the other party, the other person, the other organization has some form of challenge, some form of objection, some form of problem. And so this acknowledgement part is a great opportunity to sit back and even if it's just for a momentary couple of seconds if or in some cases a microsecond take some time to stop to breathe to demonstrate some active listening to lean forward and appear as if you are interested because that's the genuine thing if you are genuinely interested then that's also a key way of building rapport and notice and what is what is it they're saying what is the tonality they're using when they're saying it and accept it with gratitude now when i say accept it i'm not suggesting you're accepting the problem as the problem or you're accepting as the objection as being legitimate, you're simply acknowledging them and thanking them for sharing that. Because if they didn't care, they would remain silent. And if they didn't care and remain silent, they would probably move away and not want to do business with you anyway. But the fact that they've shared that with you says there's a level of care there that perhaps they just haven't got enough information yet in order to make that informed decision. So it was a real opener for the guys today because I said, what if you, instead of going straight into offensive or defensive mode, you first of all acknowledge them and thank them for sharing that particular problem, that challenge, or that objection, and doing it with gratitude, so being really appreciative of them taking the time to share that. Now, that has to be done with your own sort of style. I'm not saying, hey, thank you for sharing that objection. I really appreciate it, but it's something that has to be genuine. And just say, hey, appreciate you sharing that with me. I can see how that potentially could be a challenge and could be a problem. Is this something you wanted to talk about? And perhaps we can we can find a solution. So acknowledgement is the key first step. It's not saying we accept it. We don't accept it necessarily as being truthful, but we're listening to it and we're creating space so that they feel comfortable sharing that with us. So acknowledgement is the first step of APAC. Once that's done, once we've acknowledged it, what we need to do is then move to step number two where we say, okay, we need to get to the bottom of this. And so the P in APAC stands for probe. Now, the probing part is, okay, we need to, particularly when it comes to objections, and certainly in the sales realm, it's very rare that the first objection that's thrown out is the real or the legitimate objection. There's often going to be objections that are beneath the surface that we need to uncover, And we do that through probing. So probing is all about asking really high-quality questions to get some clarity around, all right, is this challenge, this conflict, this problem, this objection that's being thrown out, is this real or is it a bit of a smokescreen? So we need to ask some questions and get some clarity around the specifics of what's stopping this person, this organization, from taking the next step or from doing what it is that we want them to do or from solving the solution that they they ultimately want to solve. And so part of this is to make sure that we're asking, first of all, good questions, but also then listening intently to those responses and then paraphrasing back to the individual some of the key things that they're talking about so that we can check that we understand that we've got the right information. That once that is done, if we feel as if we've uncovered the real challenge, and this might take hey, it could take five minutes, it could take five hours, it could take five days, depending on the complexity of the issue, and it might be over a number of different conversations. The probing part is to get really crystal clear on what the actual objection or challenge is. Once that's done and we feel comfortable that we've identified it, then we can move on to the step, step number three in APAC, which is the second A, which is answer. And only then, this is where we wanna maintain control control in terms of we then make the decision as to whether we will actually answer the objection, answer the challenge, answer the conflict situation with the appropriate response, whether that be we have a solution in place, whether we have a step-by-step um, framework to provide, uh, or it means that we have to do something completely different. So whatever the case might be, we have the power to then choose whether or not we want to answer. Now, if we do choose to answer, then we need to do that in a really persuasive way We need to do that with certainty, we need to do that with conciseness and with clarity so that they understand exactly what the solution is to that problem. Now, if we do that really well, then what should happen is when we get to the fourth part, which is the C in APAC, which is step four, this is where we confirm. If we do this well, then when we check in and ask the question, so does this mean, and effectively what we're asking here is: have we handled your objection? Have we solved your problem? Have we articulated a solution to the challenging situation that we found ourselves in? If the answer to that is yes, then happy days. We can move on. We can then go to the next steps. And if that means we need to sign agreements, great. Whatever the course of action is, the next step that's logical for you, then take that next step. Because what it means is we've actually solved the issue, potentially resolved the conflict. And in the case of sales, we have handled the objection. Now, of course, if we get to the fourth step, the confirm step, and we ask, hey, does this take care of your concern? Have we handled your questions and all that sort of stuff? And they turn around and they say no, then all this simply means is we haven't yet uncovered the real concern, the real issue, or the real objection. So we need to go back and we need to start probing again because we haven't yet found out what the real concern is. And so we go through the probe, the answer, and the confirm yet again. Now, if we get to the The confirmed part and the answer to the question about have we alleviated your concerns, have we taken care of the problem, etc. and they still say no, then chances are they may well be one of these looping type of people that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, they're simply not going to agree, in which case you need to time out because that can start to do some damage to the relationship if we continue to try and pry and get an answer. Hopefully, they'll say yes because at the base of that, they obviously want to do business and they want to get some sort of resolution. But just be mindful, if they do happen to say no, then it's probably probably a good idea to do a bit of a timeout and then maybe agree to come back at another stage or go away and do some more research, but create some space before you come back and re-engage. And so that was was an eye-opener for the team. and, And what they were looking for was a level of structure that they could use in their particular business to enable them to more effectively deal with a lot of the conflict situations that they find themselves in on a daily basis. And the beautiful thing about the APAC model is it's really simple to understand first of all, but it's also simple to follow. Because no matter what you're having in terms of a conversation, you know exactly where you are. You're either going to be in the acknowledgement part, you'll be in the probing part, you'll be in the answering part, or you'll be in the confirming part. And this gives a lot of confidence to people when it comes to you know dealing with objections, dealing with situations that might be a bit conflicting and certainly dealing with challenging situations. So it certainly added value to them, and I trust that that also adds value to you as well. Now, if you pass that on to your team, best way to do that is to teach it to them. If you're not already using a model like this and it resonates with you, then by all means, pay it forward and teach it to your team, particularly if they've got some challenges around dealing with objections or dealing with some challenging situations. because. Uh, When you do that, when you do teach it and pay it forward, it it certainly also embeds the principle in your kit bag as well. So if that does resonate and if you'd like some help with implementation or, in fact, if you'd like some help making the leap from where you are to being an exceptional sales leader, then you know the drill. Let's jump on a call and have a conversation about how we can work together one-on-one. Simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on Zoom. We'll start working together and we'll get you to the exceptional sales leader level ASAP within the next 90 days or less. So I look forward to that conversation. And as a quick reminder as well, if this episode resonates with you and you believe that somebody within your sphere of influence could benefit from a message similar to this, then please do them a favor, but also do me a favor and share this episode with them so that they can also get the uh, the benefit of the key insights that you may have picked up through this episode. So with that said, I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best.